thousand hours. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. This is Truth, Freedom, and Sophia with your host, Sophia. All of our shows are live on onthewakeupradio.com. You can catch all of our replays on SoundCloud, Apple, Google, Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Follow us on Instagram at onthewakeupradio. Also support us at paypal slash onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. Again, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I forgot Facebook at On The Wake Up Radio, and you can check out our new streaming site, otwtube.com. It's where all of our content is. You can create your own page, put your own content on there, have your all videos you like. It's a really, really, really cool, uncensored new platform. Cindy has put her heart and soul into it, and it's definitely worth it because there's no censoring. You can actually express yourself in the organic way that you desire without having to, you know, make the tech gods happy. Well, they think they're gods. But anyways, again, you can find us at onthewakeupradio.com. And if you have any questions, please don't forget to call in at 844-818-4433. And welcome again to Truth, Freedom, and Sophia tonight. I uh, my topic, excuse me, is I labeled back to basics, escaping the illusion and life is simple. We make it hard because that is super true. And it's basically the basis of everything that has ever prompted me into looking into what this reality truly is, who we truly are as human beings, who we truly are as spiritual beings and what our purpose is here. And I can tell you this right now, our purpose here is definitely not to work every day for a piece of paper so that we can, you know, do things like survive, eat, you know, put a roof over our head, things that we could actually do on our own if we were brought up and raised in a society and culture that actually valued empowerment and valued basic skills. And, you know, that's, a big part of this topic because I feel like a lot of people are we're being manipulated so much nowadays over the last 20 years and we're manipulated through fear we're manipulated through our emotions we're manipulated through them pushing lack out there and making you feel like you lack all of these things and you don't even have basic confidence in your own survival that you could survive on your own they manipulate us through all of that they want us dependent that the system needs dependency. It needs it to survive the machine. You know, it reminds me of that, um, that German movie I brought up, you know, from 1920, um, where, you know, they're showing that human beings are you know, parts of the machine and the machine is really Moloch in this whole workforce of the, 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 this whole system of elites and, and then the workforce and two tier system that they're trying to bring us to. It's very scary. And 
where we're heading, it's it's no place pretty. So tonight I'm going to do my show basically by just sharing some things that I've been reading uh, and, and then my thoughts on them because we actually did have a really special guest on tonight, but she had a family emergency. So she'll be on next week. That is Marissa Acachella, the author of The Big Shebang. Um, again, she'll be on next week instead. So I've been reading a lot of different articles. I like I, I go through different phases in my research, right? You go through those phases where you're all about blah, 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 blah. You're making videos every day. You're writing things down every day. You're reading up on things every day. And then you have those periods where it's all just kind of sinking in and you're meditating on all these different things. And, and you know, you're just, you're just allowing it all to really link, to connect. And you allow yourself to meditate on the information because when we first hear information and this is a key thing to how we are manipulated by the outside sources outside circumstances when we hear information immediately because we're human beings regardless of your intention you do get something emotional like from it if it's information you want to hear or don't want to hear if it's negative positive if it's gruesome if it's uplifting you do get an immediate kind of uh emotional uh kind of attachment to the information so when you kind of decompress from all of that and you really like get grounded with information and you're able to gain perspective again that's kind of the phase i'm in where i'm gaining new perspective higher perspective because that's what it's about it's not about uh finding information validating yourself and then saying i'm done there's no more because i validated the point i want that's the system that they're trying to create of this false science where they keep saying trust science trust science when they're the only ones who aren't trusting science they're the only ones using the word science you see they're repurposing all of our words so that they can repurpose you know how we view ourselves how we talk to ourselves how we think to ourselves this is a big part of it so these are the anyways i just lost total train of thought for some reason because i looked at my phone so um so we're did we all go over where did this all go wrong like why did we where do we stop getting back to basics where did we stop you know valuing that and i don't know i can't pinpoint exactly where but i can tell you that it starts for most of us when we're born and it, and it starts with either our parents either being part of the lie accepting the lie loving the lie or not how much involved are your parents in the lie will determine kind of how they treat you when you are young. And when you're born, you're born full. You're born with all of the gifts God imbues you with. And I think that when we come into this world, we're supposed to help each other grow. Your parents are supposed to give you a basic foundation. And what they're supposed to do, and when I say this as supposed to and stuff, this is not me saying our parents are all evil because they've done it and they've done wrong parenting. I'm not saying that. It's the system. It's the culture. This is me just talking about my reality without a judgment on it. So your parents, because this is just human nature, they will teach you and program you to the ways that they were usually programmed. I know me. I was brought up. Within, in a house where your why you were feeling bad did, it wasn't valued very much. If you were upset about something, honestly, it was just an inconvenience for my mother. She had four kids. 
My father passed away when we were all under the age of 10. And we were all uh, two years apart, except for me and my brother were four, but my mother had four of us. And she just didn't have the patience. She didn't have the capacity because she herself came from traumatic upbringing, trauma from her mother, trauma from her dad. Again, not putting any judgment on it. It just is what it is. Um, so she didn't have much, much skills emotionally. So when we were upset or we were uncomfortable emotionally, it made her uncomfortable emotionally. And she was not good with that. She would immediately go into, you know, like that overwhelmed mode. And when she was overwhelmed, it would become ah, either like, you know, like, like enough of this. All right, stop the crying, stop the crying enough. Like it wasn't much emotional balance in my household, which is why it really is important to me to bring up something called somatic intelligence, which is what they do not teach us at all. I don't see any areas of life where they teach you this young, which would be a lifelong gift if they taught you somatic intelligence from a young age. And that's self-soothing. That's emotional intelligence. It's the ability to identify your emotion, identify why you're feeling that way, detach from it and, and, and figure it out and, and, and soothe yourself from it without, see, we're, we live in a world where most people, we're, we're emotionally driven. Everything we do and say, our drives, our wants, needs, and desires are usually from some sort of emo of emotion that was triggered, and it usually sets off thoughts, a chain reaction of thoughts, of, of physical, um, of a physical reaction, and all kinds of things that affect us. And if we learn from a young age this skill of emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, we wouldn't having adults needing Xanax. We wouldn't have adults not able to cope with basic life things, everyday life things. We wouldn't. We are an extremely weak society. And this is what I mean by back to basics. Because we don't have basic skills, because we're not valuing basic skills, basic things in life, nobody is has even foundation to really understand who they are. And I, and I know I'm jumping around because whenever I look at my notes, it can actually confuses me. I want to either go off my notes or go totally, you know, um, just free. But I, I really want to stick to the topic. And I know when I go free, I don't go. I go off topic. But when we're young, yeah, I did it again. I went off topic. Um, so the, the, the emotional intelligence, if we were young, we wouldn't be a weak society. And we're a weak society because we don't get taught basic life things when we're young. We don't get taught basic awareness, mindfulness, breathing, again, somatic intelligence. If we were, if those things were valued just even by our parents when we were, when we were younger or when we are younger, and, and then, and then the other adults in our lives, we would have a society with probably not even close to the problems it has now most of the problems are emotional issues and egoic issues and split personality issues and this is all stems from trying to keep up with the illusion the illusion is driving all of these negative behaviors in people the illusion is driving all of these negative patterns in people the illusion is driving all uh, a lot i mean i can't say all because it's literal accountability for yourself but if you are never taught this mindfulness and you're never seen this, you really can't be accountable for what your program is. You really are a victim of the programming. And I know most people who listen to this radio station 
who tune into my to my shows and my lives are you know evolved spiritually we're on we're all on that like spiritual journey where we've realized this life is an illusion this this world i'm sorry not this life this world is an illusion and that most of the things that people believe are keys to happiness and our you know goals and milestones for life have really nothing to do with our purpose here and that's what we've got totally derailed and repurposed somewhere along the line someone said these people, these beings are too awesome. They're too great. They're too magnificent. Uh, we can't have that. And they started a de-evolution de process where they started tinkering with our DNA. I'm not going to get into the whys because if I try, if I start to, it'll just, again, derail the topic. But they started tinkering with our DNA, tinkering with our food, how we ate, what we ate. Because let me tell you something, that is the start of this around 6,000 years ago. And the next time I have Jack Carry on, we're going to talk about this because around 6,000 years ago, they find that when they study ancient like grains, that out of nowhere, a hybrid grain that was literally intelligently designed just springs up out of nowhere. And that literally changed a lot of our uh, brain and a lot of how our body, you know, uh, worked. It just it changed a lot of things for us in our evolution. But I think it was a de-evolution, which is why I just bring that up. So they've been tinkering up with us for so long, biologically, genetically. And now the last step for them to fully tinker with us is to, to tinker with our minds, our spiritual, our spirits, our souls, that aspect of us, the, the non-physical part of us that does drive this body, that does come into to, to this life on this earth. And, and automates and animates this body and, and, and connects with your brain, your mind. See, we are, we ourselves, I believe, are, are like a trinity. You know, they say like the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, we ourselves are also a trinity. We are spirit, soul, body, mind, body, soul, that whole thing. We are a trinity as well. And if you really understand that from a younger age, you start to have a better relationship with yourself which is an aspect of this, which is no, we, most of us don't ever develop a true relationship with ourselves because from a young age, again, with the programming, taking over, telling you what you need to do when you're this age, what has to come next at this age. And then at that age, never once is it impressed upon you to develop a true relationship with yourself. Most people, by the time they start reaching a hormonal age and they start really needing and should be developing a relationship with themselves, strengthening a relationship with themselves, you know, uh, understanding who they are as not just a physical, but spiritual being and, and, and their place in the world and all this. Instead, what, what, what we're programmed to do with everyone's mom and dad and, and, and the world and the culture and the TV tells them to do is go find those parts of you that now you would just start to be discovering of yourself and go find a partner. And just and discuss and, and you know basically like like develop yourself through through finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend, having a significant or a significant other, whichever you choose, right? And that that actually stops us from starting to really develop who we are. So I think they've they've stymied our development spiritually, and they figure it out how to do that through the programming. Now I'm going to read a few articles tonight because it is super important that I share real good information with you guys and um these articles for me helped like like they get me thinking on a totally deeper level and 
I want to share them. I don't know. So it's this title. This article is titled Neuroscience in Advertising. When does it become mind control? By now, you're probably used to how predictive advertisement has become. Actually, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to I'm going to share the article. So while I'm reading it, you guys can also see it. Forgive me. Here we go. OK, thank you. So, OK. By now, you've probably you've probably used to how predictive advertisement advertising has become, but it probably felt intrusive at first. Advertisers have always used subtle tactics to convince you to buy things, but now the privacy boundary is increasingly blurred. While it's somewhat known that advertising finds its roots in propaganda, are developments in technology and neuroscience changing the fundamental nature of marketing into something that borders on mind control or manipulation? The foundational elements of public relations and advertising were developed by a man named Edward L. Bernays, who happened to be the nephew of none other than Sigmund Freud. Freud gave a copy of his general introductory lectures, his seminal work on psychoanalysis to Bernays as a gift in the in the nascent phase of his career. Bernays was intrigued by Freud's research, notably the idea that irrational forces drive human behavior. He took the idea and parlayed it into what he referred to as engineering consent, a concept that instead of bowing, bowing to consumer demands, cultivated them. Bernays was first hired for a lucky strike, campaign in which he created social trends to convince more people, particularly women, to smoke. He realized cigarettes exemplified male power, so he staged a campaign to empower women to smoke cigarettes by invite, inviting a group of young females, Vogue employees, to light up on New York's Fifth Avenue in a show of protest. He referred to the campaign and the cigarettes involved as torches of freedom. Later, when the ladies expressed distaste, for the green color of the packaging, he staged a number of events to make the color green fashionable. So like you see what they're pointing out here is instead of him meeting the consumer's demands and changing his product to meet the consumer demands, he figured out ways to make the consumers like his product without ever having to change what they didn't like. They, they like, they, they got them to just to like what they didn't like, excuse me. This type of consent engineering was manipulative. And there's evidence that Bernays likely knew of all the dangers of smoking in those days, as he would destroy his wife's cigarettes whenever he found them at home. Despite this knowledge and later becoming a public opponent of tobacco, he pitched Lucky Strikes as having a slimming effect and claimed they were soothing on throat. He even wrote a book on his tactics blatantly titled Propaganda that would later inspire the Nazis. Bernays used fear tactics, false or deceptive advertising, and what can only be referred to as social mind control tactics to sell products, even if they were dangerous or disingenuous. This set the framework for the modern tactics that continue to perpetuate this trend. And while false or misleading advertising is pretty well regulated by the FTC, the idea of engineering consent still persists. So is it possible consent may be engineered against our own will? Mind control techniques through neuroscience. Today, neuroscientists are at the forefront of developing incredibly exciting technology with the potential to correct for certain cognitive disorders and diseases. 
somewhat undertaking and daunting tasks of mapping out the brain and its endless neural pathways, while others focus on more incremental steps that may one day lead there, such as interfaces for telepathically controlling our mobile devices. See where they're taking us, people? Often this technology parallels the development of artificial intelligence, with programmers attempting to reverse engineer the brain or mirror the layout of neural networks and computer systems. This type of network control is being compared laterally to brain function, with the idea that if you inject energy into one part of a digital network, it should influence another. Scientists applied this with the technique called deep brain stimulation, or DBS, used to treat those suffering from Parkinson's and obsessive compulsive disorder. They found unusual activity in the frontostriatal circuit to be responsible for obsessive compulsive disorder, which can be normalized with DBS. However, this type of energy injection can cascade across the brain, causing unintended effects. Technologies creeping mind control. Mind control could be defined in a few ways, but the common conception requires the alteration of a person's behavior in an observable manner. Without that person's permission, and typically that lack of consent is known or desired by one administering a mind controlling function. Not too long ago, researchers conducted a study measuring the effects of measuring the effects electromagnetic radiation emitted from cell phones had on the brain. The study was predicated on the question of whether it was whether or not it was possible to control somebody's mind with a cell phone. Now, the definition of mind control in this case wasn't as nefarious as the image that comes to mind when we think of the dystopian sci-fi movies or Mancurian candidates, but was instead much sim simpler. Can electromagnetic radiation from cell phones have an effect on mental behavior when transmitted at proper frequency? Their result turned out to be affirmative. The cell phone radiation stimulated alpha waves in the brain particularly in areas closest to where the phone was being held. These types of waves are produced when we sleep, in wakeful states, when we're daydreaming, or when switching from external thinking to internal thinking. It's even more unsettling when you find out that the study was conducted using a now very obsolete Nokia 6110, meaning they have even much better technology now. So I'm going to stop there because that gets the point. And the point is, these are techniques that they are using in advertising, but these are techniques that they've been using just for a long time in general to control us through education, through our culture, through social programming. And the social aspect of it is what really is what's driving most people to stay in the illusion, to fall for the illusion, to choose the illusion because it's comfortable in the illusion. Because it's comfortable in the illusion, because everybody else is acting normal in the illusion and it looks happy in the illusion, but it is a facade. I can tell you that most people are not genuinely happy. They are caught in this pattern of looking forward to things that make them have moments of happy, of feeling happy, which is not the same as being happy. Happy is a true state of being, which that, 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 that can't be changed by outside circumstances. This false happiness that's part of the illusion, right, is how they control us from a young age by, by making us always work for a reward. Everything we do when you're young, your most parents, this is, a, this is a, a, a very popular parenting technique where, you know, you don't do this because of this, right? But when we start telling the child, right, 
Don't be hyper because people will think you're crazy. Don't be loud because you don't want to, you know, be annoying. We start doing these little things that chip away at the child when they're when they're young. I, I noticed it within myself. I noticed it with all adults around me, how they critique each other and how then they nitpick the kids because in their in their mind, and this is just me speculating on, on what might be going on mentally, but because in, in their mind, it seems like they use their child as a way to say, well, if I get due to my child, all the things I wish my parents did for me, then my child will be the perfect version of me that I didn't get the opportunity to be. And that's what most people are doing when they're parenting. They're, 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 they're living in this kind of like past where they're trying to create the perfect version of them through their child. And that's really sick. It's become normalized where, where, where that's just something like, we say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, living vicariously through your child. Yeah, all people do that. That's not normal. You're robbing your children of, of opportunities to really develop a relationship with themselves. And I think it starts there. I think if, if we do the right things then when the kids are smaller and younger, you know, on, on a large scale in the schools and the culture in, 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 in the family, then the child will be excited to learn about themselves, to get to know themselves, to explore themselves. You know, there's nothing wrong with letting a child, you know, bang. What if that child bang and that's their first, you know, um, instincts to music, right? Their first attraction to music. And what if you have a parent that just doesn't want to hear the banging and they're, you know, we have to stop being so, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to see this. And everything in your life has to, you know, be controlled by making you always in a state of comfort. And when you're out of that comfort, then you're just totally discombobulated. That's how most people live. If you notice, they go, they're in their routines. And if they, if anything jives up their routines, you know, it, it throws them all off. That is called auto, that is an autocrat. You are not a human being. You are, a human being means you're being, means you're living. And this is where mindfulness comes in and which is why it's an amazing skill to teach your children young or to just yourself develop in general. And mindfulness isn't this like Buddhist practice. Everyone thinks like, I see mindfulness, the new age movement that has destroyed any real uh, essence of what true spirituality true, true spirituality is. Sorry, I'm so deactivated. New Age movement has totally disconnected people from like the true essence of what it means to be spiritual. It comes off and presents itself as you know a spiritual movement, but I, in my opinion, most of it is all part of that image versus substance situation that we're all stuck in, that which is keeping people trapped in the illusion because the illusion is the image. The substance is reality. And that's what we're all we're having to choose between. At the end of the day, if I was to simplify it, that's what it means. When we when I say back to, to basics, escape the illusion. Most people in life is simple. Most people make it hard. The illusion has convoluted our entire worldview, has convoluted our entire spiritual uh view on 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 life and it and, and it's made people obsessed with image and not substance so we live in this and the reason that, that article is so important is the manipulation aspect of it the reason we're so quick to fall for manipulations and go with manipulations is because most of us live manipulating people we live in a manipulative mindset and again this comes from 
being taught to be good for a result, to be this for a result, to always be your best, not because it means something and there's value there and you're building a foundation, but because you want the result of what being your best person will get you. And again, I'm not discouraging from wanting from from teaching your child to be their best it's not that it's about teaching them the, the why the substance behind it because you want to be a healthy human being you want to be a connected human being you want to be a human being that adds value to your own life and other people's life and, and, and to everything you come in contact with if we viewed life this way and we taught culturally you know the next generation of you life this way there wouldn't be all of this room right now for all this craziness that we're having to experience. I know as a mother, I I have anxiety, not to the point where I'm anxious, but in my mind, my mind gets very scared for these children and the future they're going to inherit. And how many people are good people that could could really, you know, connect spiritually and and live a, a a true life of purpose that have been repurposed and are slaves to the system. They're slaves to the illusion, and the illusion is what is 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 filling all of their wants, needs, and desires. It bothers me. It makes me sad. And again, I do I sit at home sad? No, but this is my observable reality. I look around and I see that there are zombies. No, not the undead, blah, blah, blah zombies. P people who are not thinking on their own. They don't know how to critically critically think. They are autocratic, which means everything they do is, is just like an algorithm inside. It's, it's all of, all of uh, cause and effect happening inside and it's program stuff. So yes, they can navigate life and not like walk around like, oh, how do I get the sink on? And without someone telling me, no, because they're taught these are these are things that are subconscious that you learn. You know, we learn a lot of stuff subconsciously. I know when I was a pill fiend, I would one time was driving and I had no idea how I got home. No idea. This was a long, long, long time ago. But what was driving if I wasn't, right? that autopilot part of me, the subconscious part of me that drove that street every day and there would be no way I would crash. So that needs, we have to understand that there are aspects of us that are the programmed at the subconscious level that are being programmed. And if you're mindful, the program doesn't stick. It, you, it, it arises and you encounter it, but you know what when it's not your own. You know when it's the program and you know when, when you need to say, use your critical thinking when you need to to say let me get a different perspective there's too much emotions going on there's too much you know chaos see this is the the state of chaos that we're in and why is because when there's a state of chaos there's no clarity right there's no there's no real clear path there's no answers for anything so everyone's just left uh either having to play this guessing game and be anxious all the time or just do what the experts tell them and not be anxious because the experts got the got uh, navigating the chaos and we can just let the experts take care of it and we just listen to them that's what we're all that's what most people are in right now in that phase and it's it's just sad because we don't need experts these people aren't experts you know most people are playing pretend in life most people because you have a certificate, because you have a diploma, it doesn't make you an expert. An expert is someone 
who has experience. And that's what they're robbing from all of us is life experience. They are supplanting experiences in us, telling us this is the way the world is. And this is how we're supposed to respond to these things in the world. And that's what everyone's going off of. And that's what this whole social engineering project is right now that we're living through with this COVID is they're reprogramming everyone. They're, they're, they're redefining how we see things, how we look at things, what we're supposed to believe about this, what we're supposed to believe about that, what we're supposed to believe about ourselves, what we're supposed to believe about our culture, what we're supposed to believe about our history. Do you know our history is a big fat fucking lie? And I have to put the F in. I don't swear often, but because it is. And it was written by liars. Liars who just like the advertisers. This is my damn major full circle. I actually circle to the points, right? These just like the advertisers, they want us to believe, right? Want the, They want us to like the product as they design it. So they manipulate us to think we like that product. Well, same with history. They write history in a way that will produce a specific perception about history and then ourselves and our and our place in the world and our place in history. And that's what they're doing now. They're, they're, they're doing another rendition, another editing out of history. Our history is already so effed. It's already so just wrong. We don't, we don't even have a clue. And that's the first step of escaping this illusion is starting to realize that you don't have a clue and neither do any of these other people that we're all speculating and we're doing the best we can. See, they don't want you to, to have that mindset because if you have that mindset, then you start to kind of empower yourself. You start to stop relying on outside sources and you start to look for ways to rely on yourself, to empower yourself, to, to, to think for yourself, to figure it out for yourself. So they have to get you to believe the illusion of the experts, you know, this whole, we've got it, the system, America, you know, we've got our scientists and you trust the science. The science they use isn't even science, which is going to lead me to my next article, because this is super important. When they're up there sitting, sitting there saying, trust the science and, and, uh, and these people are anti-science. And, and if you don't, try, you know, believe in the vaccine with all your heart and soul, you're anti-science. You know, if you don't believe in, you know, popping pills and doing this, you're anti-science. That's not the science. They're not using science. Science is experiment. Science knows at its fun, at its base uh, and fundamentally that there's no concrete thing that they're going to conclude. Science knows that what do you do? Same, right? You hypothesize and then you do a series of experiments to, to like validate that hypothesis. But you don't ever think that your hypothesis is the end all be all, is the, is, is the final say. And science isn't a final say because science isn't final. Science is never settled. And a real scientist, a real person who believes in science knows that. That's why it is such an insult that these people use the word science and they use it the way they do. They're repurposing it. They want you to believe that that's what science is, what they say it is. And that's just not true. It's really disgusting because again, it all goes to critical thinking. If we start telling the children young just at science isn't settled, you know, science is ever evolving, then we are ever evolving. Our minds are ever evolving. Things are ever evolving. And you always can expand. And that's what they don't want. They don't want the mind expanding. They don't want expansion. 
They need a closed mind, a kept mind, a mind that will not think outside that box or go outside that label. It's a mind that will at some point not ever critically think because it will be running on, like I said, the labels and the boxes. If it doesn't check the box, well, then the mind won't, won't register it and it will go on to the thing it can check the box for. That's what this whole process is. And that's what the illusion is sucking everyone in deeper to. We've all played a part in the illusion, you know, when, when you're out there believing, you know, life is just about, you know, living and dying and, you know, hanging out with friends. And it's just so much more than that. It's just so much more than that. It's not about, you know, how much money you spend on an outfit. Do you know if you're a person, in my opinion, that you, if, I mean, it's nice to have nice things, says money and character have nothing to do with each other. Nothing. So if you're a person that you do think, that status will make will give you the image of you know being a good person. That's part of the illusion. That's the, what the illusion is driving in people's minds. So again, for people to say lay their head down at night on their pillow and say I am a good person, the illusion will tell them that if they have a career, if they're uh, you know uh, uh, have their kids, or if they you know they have a consistent job, a good credit score, consistent relationships, a good social life, you know this, that, and the other thing, that means you're a good person. This is insane to me. A good person. What about just being a person in general? These we're, most people aren't people. People interact with each other. Again, human beings interact with each other. We connect with each other, and this is. Just disgusting what I see. I see not only no people connecting with each other, and I don't mean every single person, okay? There are exceptions. I'm not speaking super general, but I'm talking about the majority of the masses out there of people that really, I feel like, need such a reality check. Like, they need such a wake-up call, and it's it's going to take probably the sky fucking cracking open, and that's not going to happen. But for us... For us, it's important to always be diligent and discerning to these things because we can help others at least. We can learn how to navigate conversations with others and learn how to connect with these people who are disconnected. Because for me, it's not about getting anyone to have your same point of view or believe what you believe. In fact, that's the atrocity they're doing now where they're squashing every single opinion that doesn't fit the mainstream narrative. And again, it's just like the. The article I read with the advertising, you know, they have the end result that they want and they'll do whatever they can to manipulate you to get your perception to be the one that they want it to be. We have to start acknowledging that this is happening. It's happening in front of our faces. It's happening on a on a blatant level to the point where if you're you have if you're not at least saying like, all right, yeah, like this is kind of getting to a scary point where it's just like they're blatantly lying, controlling information, controlling media, controlling, you know, all the knowledge that 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 goes out there, you know, publicly. If you can at least say that, then you can start assimilating out of this illusion. And it's about being in the world not of it not of it oh, i'm sorry i'm trying to look for that article um i kind of want to read some of these uh comments because cindy always has amazing input and she is the super producer which i want to just say i didn't give her my first shout out that she deserves and i always give her just so super producer cindy ashby who puts all of this together 
who is always there for me, always there to help out deepest, most brilliant minds I've ever conversated with. Um, I talked with her on the phone day and I didn't even want to hang up the phone. Like my kids were screaming. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I love the conversation. Good conversation. I live for that. Like I, that, that is, that is wor like porn to me. It's like good conversation with people, you know, talking about just like things in our lives, life experiences, the things you experience, the things you learn from what you experience and how you grew and how, you know, I love those kinds of conversations. That to me is like the essence of what it means to be human, how, what it means to connect as a human. And I think when we start connecting like that again, when we start valuing each other's experience, see, that's what gets me so sad is when I see the squashing of other people's perceptions and opinions, you're not just squashing their perceptions and their opinions, you're actually invalidating their life experience, which is why I say, no matter what, whether I sit here firm in my perception and, and someone else is in theirs and it's the complete opposite of mine, I will in no way judge them. I will, you know, try and understand why. But for me, I believe that most people, what they experience in life, if they're living organically and they're not under some the mind control, what you experience in life is obviously what develops your perception about the world and people and how you view people and where you grow up, the, the adults in your life, when you're younger, you know, the, 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 the people you interact with when you're younger, that all has an effect on how you perceive the world. So when we say to someone, oh, uh, I don't accept your opinion or I don't, that's just not true. Or you're wrong. Okay. You're wrong. When people give their opinion and you say you're wrong, that's disgusting. And I use the word disgusting because who are you to be the person who, who knows who's wrong or right? How do you know you're the one who was right? I could never sit here and argue with someone or tell somebody you're wrong. If they were saying something opposite of me, because who the hell am I to know if they're right or wrong or not? But it's about, it's not about, saying, oh, we believe the same thing. We're both right. Now we're friends. Now we have a connection. That is not the true connection. The true connection is saying, wow, I wonder what happened to this person in their life that gave them such a drastic opposite life experience as me or perception as me. And then wouldn't you want to understand that person? Wouldn't you want to talk to that person? I want to talk to people. If they're reasonable, and, and normal and they're willing to like have like the little a real conversation when someone has an opposite you know conclusion as me i need to know how they got to that conclusion because i need to know if i miss something if or if i need to to uh consider something you understand that's what we're all supposed to be doing and growing off each other that's how we grow off each other that's how we value each other so Cindy, you know, she 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 put the definition of somatic intelligence, which is the process of raising self-awareness through body work and experiencing, which leads to change in behavioral patterns for the better. Thank you. That was much better explanation than what I was giving. And, and she also wrote, an illusion is a distortion of the senses, which can reveal how the human brain normally organizes and interprets sensory stimulation. You see that? That is very important because it's a distortion of the senses. This is what they're doing to us. They're distorting our senses. And how are they doing that? Well, well look what I, what I bring up every time I probably do a show. When they put violence in front of you or sex in front of you with blood and guts, 
right? They're, they're messing with your senses. They are screwing with what you see with the eyes and hear with the ears. Then it's not aligning. You know, that's how the, that's really a main control. And when you read books like this, Molly speaks, she was in the Illuminati cult. Like she literally tells you exactly how they program the whole, how, how it starts from when you're born into it and, and everything. And when, when I read these books, I see parallels just in general between our cult sure that we live in and the things that they do in these secret society cults these these bloodline families they do it to us just on a less intense level but it's the same thing and it's controlled through trauma through manipulating your senses through manipulating your emotions your fears your wants your needs your desires and we're all you know most people are just going with it most people who don't want to stick a thing in their body are doing it just because they don't want to deal with the time when it does come that they're going to have to be forced to get it. That's crazy. That means the programming is has worked in you. That you're so afraid that, 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 that this is going to happen eventually and that you don't want to have any inconvenience or discomfort in your life, you know, not be able to fly on a plane or, you know, go to your, you know, your favorite store, or your favorite this, or whatever these people are addicted to. Everyone's so addicted to their vices, right? That, that, that they just, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to wing it. They're just going to wing it, but they won't wing. They won't wing, you know, spirituality. They won't just wing life. They won't, you know, wing their critical thinking, but they'll wing putting something in their body. See, it's about the mind. It really is. The mind is the key. The mind is the key. And our minds are very sick. They're very sick and they're sick by induce and induction. They induce us into sickness. It's sad. Because like what I say, this book, she talks about splitting the personality. And that's one of the key things I've been saying for years is they figured out how to split our personalities when we're young. And they figured out how to do it through our moms, our dads, our schools, our culture, the programming, the, the movies, you know, what's it called? The media, uh, the celebrities, all of them, all of it. They figured it out. That's why most of these celebrities, if you do real research, they all have ties to the intelligence communities and their families or the military. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the ones that we see in our faces telling us what to do all the time. Those are the people. I'm not saying every single celebrity. I'm saying the ones that are in our faces always telling us what to do, such as Lady Gaga. You know, her mother's a, a UN. Uh, she's on the board of, for, for the UN. It's just like, come on, you know. But again, it's, it's going back to that image versus substance. You can be, you can go with the illusion and you can build the image, the image that the illusion tells you you need to build to be happy in, in a product. And I mean, in, a, in a, a proper person in society, or you can have substance and you can build a real life based in reality, based on your genuine, your genuine love, your genuine attraction to things, your genuine wants, your genuine needs, your genuine desires. But it starts with how, figuring how, out what those are by, by understanding who you are and putting in the work and the time to develop a good relationship with yourself by understanding you're not just a body, you're not just a mind, you're, and you're not just a, a soul or, and you're not, or a spirit, that you're these things combined. And that whenever you're feeling, like for me, I know this, I sound like a schizo when I explain it, but it's not very schizophrenic when it's happening. 
But I, like I said, I came from a household with a screaming mom. My mom just screamed. She just never was like, oh, no, all right, whatever. It was always like, oh, what happened? So what happened? You know, because she was stressed, understandably. I'm not judging her. I'm saying she was stressed. She had four kids. She had to work. My dad died, you know, and then she had my junkie uncles, you know, always asking her for money, always asking her to crash there. And it's just awful. So I can imagine what life was probably like for her in her head. But because she was like that, I actually did develop a good relationship with myself because I always had to talk to myself. So I always had someone there in my head, must have been my spirit, my higher self saying, Sophia, you know, like, don't let that make you upset. Don't let that tear you down. Don't let that ruin your moment. It's not you, it's her. There was a part of me that was able to always talk to, talk to myself. And I believe that that was a, a, a skill from a young age of somatic intelligence that I was able, you know, to, to understand emotional things happening. I was able to understand my own emotions. I was very, you know, sad all the time. And a lot of my pictures in childhood, I look very pouty. I never look really happy to be anywhere. Um, only when I'm in someone's arms, actually, <laughs> smile. But um, I think it was because I was I was in my head. I was I was always trying to figure it out. I was always trying to soothe myself. I was always trying to, you know, tell myself because I deal I did deal with a lot. I dealt with a lot of, uh, um, you know, in, I had older sisters, and we didn't get along all the time. I was very sen I was a hypersensitive child, and they weren't. And it, and because they weren't. Um, they made fun of me about it. They did things to induce, you know, that sensitive behavior that it was like a power over me that they had. See, and I learned young that when people know your emotions, they'll use them against you. When people know what hurts you. They'll use it against you. They'll use it against you, sometimes not intentionally, but they, they'll do it to manipulate you to get the, 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 the version of you that they want you to be for them. And that's how most people operate nowadays where they manipulate the people in their life into being the version of that person that they want them to be for them. Instead of valuing that person as an individual and wanting to develop a relationship based on who that person really is, not what they can do for you or who you want them to be for you. Manipulation, the action of influencing or controlling someone or something to your advantage, often without anyone knowing it. And this is truly how the like the, the the mindset that I think is induced because when we split the personality when they split us from a young age they create that egoic self so the ego is a natural part of us and it's actually not this negative aspect of us that we're supposed to denounce and say oh I have no ego and doesn't exist and no your ego is actually there as a protection it's supposed to protect you. It's supposed to arise in certain situations when you need it, when it would be useful to you as a, you know, as a shield or a protection. But what they've done is they found a way to make the ego self the dominant self personality and that that person, that self, the ego self is the, is the personality part of you that will, can be controlled through things like image and, you know, all the things that make you feel good and plump yourself up. Like we, we do equate ego a lot with like with that, but ego is more than that. If it's used the right way in its natural state, it's actually, you should have certain pride at certain times. You shouldn't, you know, let, you know, you should be proud of yourself. I, I can't really explain how I mean to use this word 
But the ego in its natural state is meant to, to be good for you. It's meant to help you, to protect you. And again, they made, figured out a way to make, to, to, to separate it and use that as a dominant personality, which they can control. And it's all a facade. It's all a facade, which I'm getting to right here. It's a facade is a false appearance that makes someone or something seem more pleasant or better than they really are. We are fed up with this facade of democracy. And that, well, that's a perfect explanation. It is a facade. It's an illusion. Our democracy is an illusion. Most of our modern world is an illusion. We think we are, you know, participants in this world and we're adding to it. We're all growing with it. And that's just not true. There is a design happening. It's been happened. And we're just being driven. We're being steered. We're being engineered and programmed so that they can use us. So that they can create off us. See, they, they again, it's about from when you're young, stymieing your connection to yourself and your link into your own potential, and then taking your own potential and linking it into some job or career for someone else down the line for them to live happily ever after and build off of. When every single one of us could probably live a pretty good life if we had basic survival skills and then found out what our passions were and our potentials were, and then use those potentials to actually uh, perpetuate survival in, 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 a, in a lifestyle and whatnot. But it's about your mindset. See, if they tell you, if they control your mindset young about what good life looks like, how you're supposed to behave, what things you're supposed to desire, it's all materially based. And that, anything that's materially based and materially valued is always going to be the opposite of what is spiritual. And it's not about being one or the other. It's actually about finding the balance between the two because we actually are here as material beings. And this is a body that we're in for a while. And we're supposed to value the body that we're in. We're supposed to utilize the body that we're in. It is a material thing, but it also is a metaphysical thing. We are metaphysical in our bodies. When our spirit, you know, imbues this body and animates this body, we become metaphysical beings. But most people are not operating as metaphysical beings. They are they are totally material. They are they are non-operational in the spiritual, which means they can't be metaphysical. So that's why it's so important to activate your spiritual self, to connect to your spiritual self, because that's how you become a medical metaphysical being, and that's how you start creating your true reality because you are able to see the real reality. You can see through all the illusions. You can see through all the veils. You know how to be in the illusion in the world. You're not of it though. You're not a product of it. You're not your drives, your wantings and desires have nothing to do with it. They are outside of it completely. And you use the world for what it is. You use the illusion for what it is. You don't let the illusion use, use you, but everyone is. Everyone is allowing a fake, phony illusion to completely take over their entire life experience to the point where they have no life experience. Their life experience is one of your bond with the purpose of being this uh, working being, you know, da, 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 da. no real experience, no value on going out in nature, hiking a mountain. Uh, thinking deep thoughts, pondering what what the true creator is, who the true creator is, what we what our real place is here. Is this a simulation? It is a simulation of some sort. If you really think about it, it has to be. 
Because if you believe that we are spirit and then we come into this body and reanimate this body for a certain experience, that is what a simulation is. A simulation gives you a, an experience for a, a specific amount of time. So yes, it might be an organic simulation, not a computer one, but to some degree it is a simulation. And when you start to kind of process that and you start thinking of yourself as all of in, in these different aspects, it really helps solidify and create a real solid foundation for you to start building off of. And when I say building off of, what does that mean? That means you start moving through life in your flow. You start moving through life, yes, with passion, with desire, with purpose. Yes, you work hard, but it's in alignment with your spirit, with your soul, with, with that purpose, with the actual purpose of having a life experience, not living a life and being told what you're supposed to do till the day you die, till the day you die. Every human being, regardless of race, sex, or any other characteristic, has the incredible capacity to realize their potential, to feel confident, joyful, and fulfilled, though it will not be easy. Thank you for adding that, Cindy, because that is true. That is true. We all have this capacity. If we just take the, the time and we, we, we stop, we stop, we stop allowing our minds to be controlled by the illusion. You know, I use I I used to go through these different phases. Um, I'm not a perfect being, and my goal is not to be perfect. Stop creating this ideal of things and start just being, and you will end up being the ideal self without having a picture of what that looks like. I know that sounds like can't. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but it does make sense because you evolve into who you're meant to be. You evolve. And when you when you evolve into yourself and you evolve into yourself, into your true self, your higher self, when you evolve into that. The relationship with yourself, the perspective you gain on your own, on your whole life from, you know, where you began to where you are now, you realize that we're all trying our best. And if you're just trying your best, that's enough. Trying your best is enough, not being your best, but trying your best. Every day waking up with an intention to be a good person, if that's your true intention, not your intention because being a good person gets you a certain result, no, but because it feels right to you. That's what you have to live for. You have to start living for yourself, for, for, for that validation from your higher self to say, yep, to keep going and look for those synchronicities look for those patterns because that's how god speaks to you god doesn't speak to you like oh i almighty god and i'm speaking to you now and this is what you need to do not how god works because we are in this world and this world is run by psychopaths and energetic psychopaths you know what i mean archons and all that that god doesn't have that line the line to god is through our spiritual self our spiritual self has that line to god but we in the physical body don't so we have to have that connection to our spiritual self because that spiritual self is the self that is directly connected to god and will give you information and then the universe will throw synchronicities in alignment with those things to keep telling you yes you're on the right path keep going keep doing this keep going with it and then they'll keep giving you more and more it they'll i they'll meaning your higher self god in the universe will keep sending you more and more synchronizations. That's how the universe speaks to you. That's how God speaks. God speaks to the spirit and your spirit is, you know, that other part of you that you can integrate 
into this body to become the metaphysical being you're meant to be. It's the truth. And again, it's about image versus substance, illusion versus reality. Most people need the image because they don't have the substance and they don't have the substance because they were never taught. They were never, uh, you know, really nurtured in that way as a young child or a young adult or, or whenever they, you know, were starting to to really want to, to, to express their, their true self. When we start to express, express our true self when we're younger, you know, it's very important to have validation that you're heard and that you're valued and that what you say, you know, matters. And I think a lot of times kids are crushed. They're crushed by things that most people aren't even registering, you know? You know, like a parent brushes you off like, yeah, 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 get in a minute. You never know when it's the moment that that kid desperately needs you. Why are we so negligent emotionally with, with, with children? Why are we so hard on children nowadays? This is becoming too normalized. And I'll have to make this um, a topic for another time because it is nine o'clock. And um, my show has ended. And I really do want to continue this conversation because I didn't even get through half of my notes tonight. And I want to read the definition of synchronicity, the coincidental occurrence of events and especially psychic events as similar thoughts in widely separated persons or mental image of an unexpected event before it happens. Oh, I guess I can keep going. I got a little bit of time, so I am going to keep going. So again, image versus substance. Why don't people... Why do people feel like they need to nurture the image versus nurture the substance inside them, the spiritual self? And that's because the culture, the society does not promote it. The culture in the society, and usually our parents are products of that, do not promote that. They don't promote individualism. They only promote individualism when they're trying to rebrand you. So now, yeah, you be an individual if you're trans, but if you're not, you can, don't. No one else be individuals. Everyone else just be in your boxes. But now the trans people, they're on. This is the new individual. This is this is the new ideal of what it means to be a totally self-expressive person. Again, nothing to do with being trans, but this is what the culture does. You know, it does not truly promote for a person to. Grow subs, uh, be be of substance, and then express that substance in the world into others and add value because they don't want real value. If you add value, they have no value. We'll, we'll easily everyone will easily wake up to that number one illusion is that these people have no value. The only value they have is through us. Is the value we give them. It's an illusion. It's a trick. It's a switch and a bait. They get you to switch your personality when you're young by baiting you with all of these material things that you think are going to fill that void, make you feel that that feeling that you're waiting to feel where you're just like happy with yourself. Well, well most of the times, that's a choice. That's a choice. And you can only really be happy with yourself, guess what? If you have a clean conscience, conscience. If you are actually living with true intention, true integrity, true values, a true foundation, a true moral integrity, that's how you live with that feeling of ah, that that void is filled because that void is you. You're supposed to fill the void, not another person, not a material thing, not a watch, not a pocketbook, not a million dollars, not a car, not a dress, 
not not a specific hair, not a not having a cheekbone, not having a nose a certain way, none of that. Not looking at making your face look one way or the other, not having big boobies, none of that's gonna fill the void. That void can be filled without any of those things being altered, without a thing on your body being altered, without a thing about you being altered. That hole could that void could be filled. And all it takes is for you to decide to have a relationship with yourself. For you to decide to put in the nurture, to nurture yourself in all the ways you should have been nurtured when you were younger. Even if you had great parents, I'm sure in some way there was something that didn't get nurtured in you because no one's perfect. That's my point. Your parents couldn't be perfect, so they couldn't have nurtured everything in you. But those things, if we have somatic intelligence, right? If you, if you, even if you have good parents, if you have some adult, right? But if you don't, and even if you and, and your parents, you know, uh, ignorantly say didn't fill a void in you when you're younger, you can identify that void now, no matter what age you are. I did it. I did it. I did it multiple times. We, there's not just one void sometimes in us. Sometimes there's a lot of voids, and you and you don't even understand that there's a void there because you were patterned very young to 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 put something in there. Like like it's like a like a pill, right? When you have a symptom, when you're ill. And they say that the pill doesn't cure the illness. It just covers the symptom, right? Well, we're trained mentally to do that to ourselves from a young age. We start stuffing up things, right? Masking that emotion, masking this hole, masking this void. And so we get those things become part of just our normal behavior to the point where we just think that that's who we are and that that void is filled because those are the things that fill it. Nature versus nurture. The nature versus nurture debate involves whether human behavior is determined by environment, either prenatal or during a person's life or by a person's genes. That's true. That's true. Nurture, I do believe, overrides nature. Our minds are that powerful. I, I when I did my my uh, my ancestry and my I did like all these other gene things where they tell you like what your taste buds will be, what your eye will be, color, your hair, your hair texture, all these things. Only like 50% of my stuff really matched up, which was interesting. But that's they say that, that, that it's not going to be 100% because other things change that stuff. Other things can, other environmental effects can change your genetics. It's called epigenetics. That's another aspect of this. I mean, we can really go deep and deep into deep and deep and deep. Epigenetics, right? So just think about it. If they started this program 100 years ago, Right in the early 1900s, when you're when the first real boom of immigration through Ellis Island, you know, coming over all of these people, coming over, you know, creating the melting pot that is America, that like the, the real the way we really kind of like see America, like that melting pot, right? They probably start started doing things then to to induce a specific genetic result on us to create a specific type of next generation and then the next generation like with the hippies in the 60s that whole lsd movement was was designed the hippie movement was designed most of the beatles songs were recorded in laurel canyon with, with the cia like all lot of these things were designed to induce a very specific mindset of, uh, amongst you know the youth at that time the teenage the teens the young adults at that time and it worked it worked it did it was very successful and then, they, and then those people, right? They have their kids, and those, and then they have those genetics. You know, it, it, it. You have to take those things into account. And when you're you're thinking about your own self and your own life, 
Think about that too. You know, we are not born here with no control. We can change things. Let me tell you something. You could, I could literally, if I, if I had the skill, if you, you can watch uh, monks do this at the top of the Himalayas, right? They sit there, negative, I don't even know, 100 degree weather. They can sit there wrapped in a wet blanket, naked, right? And they could keep their body temperature at exactly 98.6 degrees just by control of their mind, their breath, right? Our breathing is really what really empowers us. And I wish they emphasized this when I was younger because breathing is another tool for intelligence. I think when we, when we learn to take breaths and how to breathe, in those breaths, information comes in that allows you to get the result you want through taking those breaths. It's unreal. Epigenetics is the study of how your behavior environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work. See? Thank you, Cindy. You have been clutch tonight with these definitions. Thank you so much. Back to basics. A conscious return to principles as self-respect decency and honesty. And that's literally like what I mean when I say back to basics, teaching basic principles, teaching basic life skills, teaching basic knowledge. What we think of as knowledge is not knowledge. Education is not knowledge. That is just information. Remember that our education isn't knowledge. It's information. It's information that they believe you need to navigate life here in this in this world or this globe of this country and knowledge is information that empowers you information that feeds you that expands you that helps your mind grow that allows you to apply in your life to then create wisdom because that should be the ultimate goal for all of us it should be discernment wisdom like that when i think of what I'm trying to evolve into, well, I'm not trying to, but what I, what I hope to eventually someday evolve into is a person who has wisdom, a person who knows how to then imbue that wisdom to others. You know, we, I'm accumulating some wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Again, it's knowledge applied in your life. It's knowing what to do with knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's knowing what to do with knowledge. That's why we have all these Looney Tunes out there telling everybody what to do with their lives with zero wisdom and, and pretty much no knowledge either, as we can see. There's no wisdom being done because wisdom operates with in truth. You can't use, I mean, you could be an evil, you can be wise, but be evil. But wisdom operates in truth because it plays out in your life knowledge is uh, knowledge has to be based in truth so if you have knowledge that's based in truth and you apply it in your life it will uh, undoubtedly create a ripple effect of positivity in your life of growth in your life of upliftment in your life of evolvement in your life knowledge is a familiarity awareness or understanding of someone or something such as facts skills or any idea yes exactly so I just want to say from my notes, because I think this is important and, and I have a hard time segueing, I think, from like notes to topics and, and like letting it come through. So thank you for bearing with me, people. So the illusions of social influence, this is how they control us. So these illusions of social influence. 
Knowledge is non-material. We see the image of someone or something, not the substance. This is what I what I what I'm talking about with with image. How that well, when we when we see someone, what we're seeing is the is an image. We're not seeing their substance. But what matters is what do we value, right? Well, we, that's what we have to start asking ourselves. What do we value? What creates that attachment and that conviction to that value? The cabal, I'll use that term when I'm referring to these psychopaths who are on the world, they activate our hunger circuit to hijack our thinking. So that's how they hijack our thinking is by tapping into our hunger circuit in our in our brains, they, they understand how neurological pathways work and they manipulate that. So they start programming you into thinking into lack, having that, what do I lack mindset versus what do I have? What can I gain? You're always thinking about what you lack, what you, what, what more can you get? Right. And that's how they intentionally make society so that most people are dissatisfied with their own lives. That is how they do it. By, re by making sure they by hijacking your thinking into lack, and then make society dissatisfied. You're says you're dissatisfied with your own life because you never can can register the bounty in your life. You're only seeing the lack because you're comparing yourself, your image to others. So you're also you're comparing images, images, images. When you're focused on the image, you're going to be focused on what you lack. An image is shallow, and yes, it's important to have a, a good image, but if the image doesn't match your substance, then then who are you really? Then then what are you really? A, a, a glass, a, 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 you know, a, a mirror, a glass? I mean, what are you really? How do you ever feel fulfilled in your life if you're a slave to your image? And not a slave to your substance. That means that you're that, that you have you don't feel any kind of accountability kind of, to yourself. That's how I see it. Like if you're always just trying to look a certain way and be perceived a certain way, and you're not really caring about if you're that way, that means you're not really probably accountable. That means like to yourself. That means you don't really have that capacity to say like, you know, does this matter? What do I value? You know. It's just it's it's interesting when we when you dissect all of these social aspects of how they control us. And here's another thing I have written down about how they get us to to be obsessed with celebrities, right? Why why are we obsessed with celebrities? Why are young kids so impressionable to celebrities? Well, the media puts that celebrity out there, right? So here's what they do: cultural icons and their power to influence. It's called group admiration of a successful person causes the group to imitate that person. And then by virtue of the fact that we want to be successful, we then will follow the crowd, which is following that image of that successful person. So it's like they keep putting all these archetypes in front of you, you know, like for instance, Kim Kardashian, how many girls live their life to look and in, in create the image of being like Kim Kardashian? That is a perfect example. How, who are they really? Are they who they are or are they a mirror of someone else? It matters. That's why it sucks like living in this time right now, but it's also incredible and invigorating and just 
you know, I feel honored that I'm on here right now because I feel like there's either of a special purpose here right now, or you're probably one of the NPCs and non-player characters where you're, the, the disconnect with spirit is so far down the genetic line that by the time you're born, the, there's no spiritual gene in the family. So you are now just a total algorithm in the system and you are, you are a worker for the system. You serve the system, which means that's probably why, like when I go in a store without a mask, someone's triggered by that. That's the system using them to then come after me, a person who is showing that I am not a participant in this system. That's what this is about right now. That's what like I consider like the harvest. And in the Bible, you know, Jesus explains this in, in very simple terms to the disciples when he says in Matthew, to get the exact um, chapter, that, you know, we're like, basically, we're all here. He, God plants seeds here on earth, his, his people. God plants his beautiful seeds, and then Satan comes, and he plants weeds amongst the wheat. So God's seeds grow into wheat that feed, that nourish, right? And, 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 and then in evil, it has the same ability, but he plants the weeds, and those weeds are meant to disrupt the, the healthy seeds. It's meant to, to wreck the garden, to poison the garden, to convolute the garden. It's very simple. And that's what we're, 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 we're kind of seeing now. Like we're all having that kind of epiphany. Like there's a lot of NPCs around. There's a lot of people who are just total, you know, programs in the system. Sorry, I saw a good comment. So now I want to read critical thinking. The process of thinking carefully about a subject or idea without allowing feelings or opinions. Thank you for putting that up there, Cindy. That's important. See, that's where they are controlling everyone. And that's why no one right now is able to critically think. I mean, and no, in the mainstream, anyone who's out there promoting, they're not promoting critical thinking because that would mean you have to disconnect from your feelings. And when you disconnect from your feelings, that's their control mechanism. They control us through our feelings and opinions. So by programming specific opinions and perceptions into us, they, they can bank on certain feelings being drives in us. And that's why they, they don't want the critical thinking because that would, again, override their control over us, which is through our feelings and opinions. Thank you for putting that. Super important. Social engineering, let's read that one, is a manipulation technique that exploits human error to gain private information, access, or valuables in cybercrime. These human hacking scams tend to lure unsuspecting users. You know, I actually meant to read a few articles tonight because it had to do with that. Hi, Joseph. Wow, thank you guys for jumping on and tuning in because I just want to connect with people. I just want to start waking people up. I don't want to make it our mission. I don't mean we should go out there and, and but I want us to start really living and flowing in the life and the spirit and being motive that just being by living, by being. Say that will be the key to waking others up. It has nothing to do with doing something for them. It has to do with being you, developing you, evolving you, bringing that spirit in, and that spirit will flow out through you like water into others. I'm telling you, I, I promise you. 
NPC stands for non-playable character, a phrase taken from video games referring to any figure a gamer encounters while roaming a digital landscape that cannot control themselves. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're doing. And I want to read this. This is also part. These definitions are important. The ego is the part of the psyche that experiences the outside world and reacts to it. Coming between the primitive drives of the ID and the demands of the social environment represented by the superego. So the superego would be the, the personality part of you that, that the program runs. Yep. Yep. Thank you wow, so much. Right. Who would you be if you weren't told to be you? That I heard that phrase so many times, and that was an extremely important phrase because it's the, the like one of the like the heart of of this image versus substance. Who would you be if you weren't told to be you? Why are we telling people who to be? Why why is that like the 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 goal? It seems of education of everybody is to from the minute you're born is to control who you end up being, how you turn out. It's like the weirdest thing. And when you do think about who would I be if I wasn't told to be anyone? Well, I was never told to be anyone. I was always that person that <laughs> I gave everyone a hard time, always, especially adults, because I could see through them. I'm very young. I was a super gifted kid, very young. I could see through you like paper thin. I don't know. I could see through people like it was just weird, especially adults. And I could see it in them. And I was always making sure I pointed out to them that I caught the contradiction. That you're not fooling me and you're not as slick as you think you are. And yeah, I had that mindset at eight years old towards adults. It was very strange, but I had that shitty adults around me. So I had no choice. I had to be slick. I had to be discerning. I had to be smarter than them because they were not very smart. And if they were, they were selfish and they were self-consumed and they did not care. So, you know, the two things can happen to a child that grows up like that, right? They become totally a product of the world because they have nothing and no one else to model any behaviors to. So so they, they go off of, you know, the TV and what the world models to them. Or what happened to me is I had God reveal himself to me. Jesus came reveal himself to me. Angels come to me, come for me, tell me, tell me, you know, you are okay. There's nothing wrong with you comforting me. And you think I'm lying? I'm not. If I, I had these experiences as a, kid, as a kid and I was very blessed to have them because it allowed me to, ne to never be a victim of the program. At times I allowed myself to. At times, oh, I, I wanted to be in, in the illusion because the illusion can be fun. The illusion's fun when you're like, yeah, life's all about, you know, make money, party with friends and have a good time. Yeah, stay up all night, you know, but but. That don't feel really, that doesn't really feel good. And you realize, you know, okay, uh, enough of that. <laughs> That's too empty for me. And you, and, and, and you grow and you learn from it and you, and you don't let yourself fall into those same patterns, right? See, it's not about denying something that you went through or denying who you were in a past. It's really not. Because I was happy when I was that person. I liked who I was when I was that person. So I'm okay with that life experience. But I don't want to be that person ever again. I want to uh, evolve out of that pattern. I want to understand what pattern led me, say, to the behaviors that, in in retrospect, I don't appreciate. Right? That's what it's about. So many people are ashamed of themselves all the time, and that's how they control us when we're young. Is they shame us. They shame us. They make us feel ashamed about everything. You know, 
you spill spill something you know you, you don't want to upset your mom so then you feel ashamed that you, you know you upset your mom or whatever the, the, the thing is that they control us through shame and everyone is ashamed and so you have adults who evolve hiding their shame all the time so whenever they do something that is say they could say like a fuck up or something that you would normally do some self-reflection on say oh that was kind of shitty you know you own it you learn from it most people don't live like that because the ego tells them oh if you apologize or acknowledge that and then make up for it then then the other person will have emotional power over you that's how everyone's living everyone's afraid to show who they really are because then they think if they, sh they show who they really are and they share who they really are then that, that will give other people power over them see the illusion the image is their way of controlling the, the the other people that's what they're hiding it's, it's it really is about like control and not giving other people power over you and it's a false illusion of power right they think if they control their image then they can control the way others see them uh, how does how others treat them or how, how others are to them but no you should live in, in in the mindset that if i'm operating in integrity and truth and, and, and in goodness then how others treat me is their problem not mine but and then if you're like that then you'll be self-reliant then you'd be self-empowered and the system can't help self-empowered people so um i really want to thank you guys for listening um these are important things to me i think these are the foundations of breaking out of this matrix of really creating a true reality and a reality that really reflects true humanity and, and true div divinity operating in physical form i believe that's why jesus came i don't believe that jesus came to show us that he was a separate divine god and we were under him i believe that he was modeling our potential as human beings activated human beings fully spiritually activated human beings that's what jesus was showing us that's what he was modeling not being perfect in you know perfect in every way he was perfect but meaning being perfect in your intentions and in your integrity operating in perfect spirituality and union with god union with god means union with your higher spirit because again that's your connection that's what, what that's what pulls the waterfall into this realm into us through the spirit that's the water that's the life water it's a spirit and when we have been disconnected from our spirit we're not no longer being fed that life force that supernatural information that divine information that refuels us replenishes us that allows me someone like me to lay in my bed and get rid of a pain in a matter of 10 minutes because i was able to to literally pull in that 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 cord from up there and link it into that area i could i could do that with my mind and when you can do that with your mind it's really happening we are powerful we are magnificent we are divine we're not just divine because we're here. We have to work to, to be connected spiritually and connect with each other. 
which is why you should check out OTW too. Because that's how you'll connect with other people by finding platforms that actually reflect your values, that actually reflect what you want to talk about. I don't want to 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 be a, 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 a having to like edit myself just to be on a certain platform, just to reach um, uh, a lot of people where half of them won't even understand what the hell I'm talking about anyways. Doesn't matter. I want people that want to grow, that want to share information. I don't want people that want to validate their own life worldview, that want to validate their own truth. I want to be around people that value information, that value life experience, that value other human beings. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Remember, you can listen to all of our replays on otwtube.com, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Catch us on Facebook at On The Wake Up Radio, Instagram at On The Wake Up Radio. You can please support us if you like our information, if you want to support the cause and, and the research. Um, on PayPal, it's um, at on the wake up radio at gmail.com. And then also on Cash App, it's dollar sign on the wake up radio. All right, guys, thanks for watching an episode of Truth, Freedom, and Sophia. Have a great night. Flawed individual. Cindy Ashley. On the wake up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.